It is used in the breeding of both plants and animals, but is most commercially important in animal breeding to determine the true breeding value of an animal, especially males, which are used extensively for propagation of best germplasm. Oh, this is like how we've gotten all these different types of uh, dog uh, breeds, right? Exactly. I mean, you hear about like chickens now compared to 50 years ago, right? And they breed chickens with these giant chicken breasts. Keep talking. Okay, so... You got me. They breed these chickens, right? And the chickens are really sexy. Yeah. And they've got... What are the the chickens wearing? The chickens... They're not wearing anything, Jason. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. Shit, keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Their feathers have been plucked. Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, where we dive down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Berseth, Dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez. Woo! College, college, college! Hell yeah, baby, I'm ready to learn. I love books, I love campus life, I love Greek life. That's why I signed up for Wiki University's 10-year program. Class is in session. My topic for today um, is what I believe is the Inuit Dome. You're not sure if it's the Inuit Dome? I'm just not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Oh, with your white tongue? Yeah, with my white tongue. <laughs> it, it, I believe it's called an Inuit Dome. No, <laughs> that, this is not Inuit Dome. That says Intuit Dome. Intuit Dome. It's Intuit? It's a company. Intuit is a company. Is it really? Like TurboTax is owned by Intuit, not the Inuits. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> Are you serious? I really, right now? I didn't know that Intuit. I'm into it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really did not know that was a. Uh... So you thought it was called the Inuit Dome? Yeah. Sponsored by the Alaskan natives. <laughs> they got a an arena in Southern California. I see a lot of proud Native Americans around here in the West Coast, so I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility. But Alaskan natives? I mean, they spread. <laughs> They've been spreading. They were, they were one of the first ones here. That's true. I yeah. guess uh, during Pangea, they got over here and they made a dome. During the pandemic of Pangea, that's exactly what All they right. did. So your topic, to be clear, is the Intuit Dome. Yeah, I'm into that dome. All right. Give me some of that dome piece. Okay, my topic, we looked up the pronunciation or we listened to the pronunciation before this, so I'm not. I'm going to screw it up inevitably. Wait, is that it? Inevitably? No, the topic, my topic is Shmashan. You got, I think you got, got it spot on. And no joke, there is like a whistle on it. Based off of one person's pronunciation. That's the weird thing. Like if a person from Texas were to pronounce a word (laughs) and they might add a whistle. Oh, if the person from Texas were to pronounce this specific (laughs) in Hindu word. Yeah. Shmashan. Shmashan. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pretend like you have like a little, little, little thing of hay in your mouth. Oh, yeah. To get that you whistle. You got to move the hay yeah. aside to get the whistle out. So say it again, though. Let me catch that again. Shmashan. Yeah. Shmashan. Shmashan. It's S. Now you were going to be like, hey, she. Well, I think it's easier for me because every once in a while I do have a little whistle come out. Shmashan. Shmashan. Yeah. Did you go to therapy for that? Shmashan. As a kid? Yeah, they added the whistle. <laughs> they made it stronger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. They were like, we're going to need to improve this. Go yeah. to therapy to bring the whistle out. Where else can you whistle from? My butthole. <laughs> Wait, no. What if that's... I learned that in church. Yeah. I can say <laughs> I can say this word with my butthole, but I can't say it with my mouth. Okay. So, Jason, do you want to start with the Inuit Dome, also known as the Intuit Dome, or... Shmashan. I say we start off with uh, Shmashan. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Should we dive Set. in? And go. 
One hour on the clock. Let's do it. A shmashan is a Hindu crematory ground where dead bodies are brought to be burnt on a pyre. It is usually located near a river or body of water on the outskirts of a village or town, as they are usually located near river gats. What's a river gat? This this took a, a turn. I was not expecting it to be so dark. Yeah, it's a little dark, but maybe, you know, people have different beliefs about death, so maybe in Hinduism, I don't remember or know what they believe, so maybe it's maybe death is a happy thing there. Yeah, I believe in Hinduism, happiness you obtain through lighting your dead corpse on fire. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. It's scripture. <laughs> Jason, I feel like you've read ahead a little bit. It's Hindu scripture. <laughs> the word has its origin from Sanskrit language. Shma. Wait, is this New Times Sanskrit? or? Uh, this is current scan- Sanskrit. Or Times yeah. New, times times new, new Sanskrit? Sanskrit? Or Courier Sanskrit. <laughs> it might be Helvetica Sanskrit. Uh, the term shmasha refers to corpse. Well, Shana, well, this says Shana. I I don't know. Maybe we read up the read up looked up the wrong pronunciation. Anyway, it means corpse bed. The other Indian religions like Sikhism, Buddhism also use Shmashat for the last rites of the dead. So it's just a man. It's a, the best thing about a corpse bed is that you don't have to. Uh, make it every morning oh that's your final bed that's yeah. your final bed that's and they light it on fire yeah wait they light the bed on fire or they light you on fire first I think. here you go as per hindu rites the dead body is brought to the shmashan for antim sankskar which is last rites at the cremation ground the chief mourner can you imagine being appointed chief mourner Ooh. or even like, you know how bridesmaids maybe make a little push to be like head bridesmaid yeah. or whatever they call it, maid of honor? Yeah, you know, head maid. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you make a push to become the chief mourner? Like yeah. by crying a but little crying more? crying a little bit more. Yeah. Right, being a, little bit of, being a little bit more theatrical when it comes to people dying. Exactly. Yeah. Well, at the cremation ground, the chief mourner has to obtain the sacred fire from the Dom cast who reside by the Shmashan and light funeral pyres for a fee. Who lights them? The chief mourner? They, no, he's the busy chief, mourning. No, the chief mourner has to ap- obtain the sacred fire from these people and light the funeral pyres for a fee. So the chief mourner also gets paid? I mean, those tears got to go somewhere. I would hire an actor to be my chief mourner. Ooh, to really get the crowd going and crying for your funeral? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I'd hand out tear sticks at my funeral, too. I mean, I wouldn't, but it would be in my will. Tear sticks? What are tear sticks? Oh, tear sticks? That's what actors and actresses used to cry like they it's basically like putting like um, a little uh wait wait little onion no. juice onion What's spray the stuff that you put in your nose to clear your sinuses when you're sick like a keddy keddy pot no pot? it's like a little Netty cream pot? thing oh vapor rub vapor rub so yeah. you can dab a little bit of that in the corner of your eyes that's similar to a tear stick and it okay. just makes you weep yeah because i believe uh your pores are more open around here you're pointing to your eye for well, audio. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, the corners of around your eyes, so. here, here in the studio. <laughs> I have these little, like you know, I, I've looked at my eye a few times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think your eyes and like your nose—that's all connected. You ever see someone squirt milk out of their eyeballs? Yeah, yeah. Like that's as why a kid, ear, nose, throat doctors. ENTs. ENT. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Do you know what ENT stands for? Ear, nose, and throat. Wow, <laughs> you got it, Jason. <laughs> I'm just a throat doctor. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, dead bodies are traditionally cremated on a funeral pyre, usually made of wood. However, nowadays in many cities of India, there are electric or gas-based furnaces Ooh. used in indoor crematoria. Ah, I got to tell you, the funeral pyre is way more exciting. You ever been to like a really big bonfire? No, no, I've only been to like the uh, Kennedy's uh or who's the, the Eternal the, Flame. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, his yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool fire. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. You reference that all the time on this podcast. The, it makes me feel like it's... Really? Yes. There's no way. I'll say at least three times. This is probably the fourth time you've referenced Kennedy's eternal flame. <laughs> that's my boy, yo. <laughs> that's your boy. Yeah, yo, I love Kennedy, man. <laughs> Kennedy, man. He was a man. Well, either way, I I just can't imagine the smell at that bonfire, though. At the Kennedy? No, at <laughs> one of these Hindu ceremonies where they've got a... a yeah, it smells like Funeral burnt flesh, bed, right? Probably in hair and fingernails and No, I believe they shave the whole body beforehand. Oh, that's thanks. part of the job of the mourner. The, that's that's, the, that's so the job of the second in charge mourner, unfortunately. Ooh. That's why you want to get chief mourner. Yeah. What's Not, after chief? Is it corporal? Corporal mourner. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so, right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It goes chiefs, corporal, and then like managers. Okay, manager mourner. That's a bummer of a title. They're just telling people. They're like guiding people to their seats. They're mourning. They're mourning managers. Okay, in early Buddhism, oh, so this is it's a little crossover ceremony. Of, it's like the Bo Jackson of religious ceremonies. You get Hinduism and Buddhism. Okay, well, no, it's um, it said that both practices. Correct? That's what I'm saying. Oh, just okay. like Bo Jackson played football. And baseball. So in this uh, scenario, Bo Jackson is sh- uh, Shmana? Shmashana. Shmashana? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to get it. <laughs> I was like, who's Bo Jackson in this? <laughs> Shmashan okay. is Bo Jackson. <laughs> Plays for both teams. Yeah, exactly. Shmashan knows Hinduism. Shmashan knows Buddhism. Shmashan knows Catholicism. <laughs> Shmashan knows archery now. Exactly. So in early Buddhism, in the Pali Canon discourses, oh, you love those discourses. I'm a big fan of discourses, I gotta be honest. Uh, I have the app, Discord. Well, Gautama Buddha frequently instructs his disciples to seek out a secluded dwelling in a forest under the shade of a tree mountain glen hillside cave, charnel ground jungle grove in the open, or on a heap of straw. Pretty versatile there. I forgot. Did we talk about a little bit more about the Inuit Dome? We did not talk about the Inuit Dome at all. <laughs> but I know I briefly saw something on there that it's in Los Angeles. Right. Um, It's going to be for the Clippers, right? I believe. So. Again, that's like the baseline of what I know. I just happened to find out that there was this new stadium being built and I was interested. Right. And then I found out who was going to play and then I got disinterested. You mean the Clippers are going to be in it? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. I like the Clippers. I've been to a Clippers game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. All right, so I, basketball is fun. I would I'll go to I'm not saying I wouldn't go to game. a Clippers game. I go to a high I'm school just saying, that's LA basketball team. game. I mean, Yeah, it's true. I'll go to a pickup game. Yeah, I watch pickup games. These guys, they never let me play, but I no, watch. No, those guys take Los Angeles takes basketball way too seriously, and I mean not as fans. I mean people who just do pickup games. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Did you go to the beach? Is that where you've been watching pickup games? The beach? Yeah, where? like Venice Beach. The pickup games at Venice Beach are pretty intense. I don't go to Venice Beach, bro. I I live oh, in Los okay, Angeles. Bro. I know where to go. Okay, and you don't go to Venice Beach. Definitely not for the basketball. Okay. <laughs> I, know I don't place. know what you're trying to say, but say something. Jesus Christ. I am saying it. I said I don't go to Venice Beach to watch basketball. Okay. I don't even go to Venice Beach. Well, you said you're watching basketball. Just tell me where you're watching basketball. At uh, and Well, there's a multiple the places. The Shmashan is said to be abode... To be abode... Send it needs, out. Well, no. There should be... Uh, like an abode of ghosts, evil spirits, fierce deities, tantrics. Therefore, people in general prefer to avoid going near Smashan at night. Per Hindu rituals, women do not go to Smashan. Only males go to perform last rites. So Chief Mourner has to be a, a male. Wait, so does that mean the people who get uh, uh are are only men? Or no, the ones who have to do the ritual? Only I think the people that are welcome to go to the ritual 
are only men. That's not really fair. Right. So meaning like if you're a woman, you can still have your body burnt. I think you can. St- yeah. <laughs> Get that body burnt. Get that body right? burnt. I mean, look, they're fighting for rights. Apparently, mm-hmm. one of the rights is to get your body burned. From what I can tell, you can get your body burned as a woman. Yeah. Because hin- Hindu rights and responsibilities. Anyway, that's kind of the end of the article. I do see a ton of words in here that I can't pronounce, so we're just going to gloss over that. Let's move on, Jason. Did you pick this because it's October and you wanted like a little spooky? I don't topic? know. I don't know where I came across it. It was because I started reading about something else, and then I clicked on this because I was like, I don't know what this is. Let me see what this is. Oh, it's a burn bed. All right. Yeah. yeah what's I picked your What's it your burn bed number? <laughs> I like a firm burn bed. <laughs> Otherwise, my wife can't sleep. My, I like, yeah, my, same here. I like a She's 451. She's tossing and turning all night if I'm not on fire. <laughs> Aren't we all? That, I mean, that's, I would like to go out like that. That's kind of like a, what's it called? Um, a Viking's funeral where they set you off to sea and then. And oh, is that what they do? I believe so. They sent you off to sea on a little like boat thingy or I call it Vikings device. funeral swimming. And then, yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, you're wearing that heavy helmet. No, and then there's like an archer. Wait, why am I wearing a heavy helmet? Is that what a Viking, Viking helmet? Yeah, Viking <laughs> so uh, then somebody, the archer, like shoots a, shoots flaming, a flaming arrow. So th- so they put a body in a rowboat. They pour gasoline, fill it up with gasoline. No, they fill it. I believe they fill up the body with gasoline. They just pump it. Full <laughs> they of, stick a fun- uh, funnel in the mouth. Yeah. Okay. Dump gasoline, and then the archer just shoot. Like, it's pretty easy job. Wow, like, it's like the '96 it. Olympics. Is that how they do? Muhammad it? Ali comes out, lights the torch for the archer, and wait, and then the archer the... was Bo Jackson, right? Oh wait, I guess no. I guess uh, maybe it was the '92 Olympics. Some one of those Olympics, they shot a bow and arrow up to the torch. That's pretty cool. But uh, where were we at? We're on. Mashan. Oh, yeah, let's let's move forward. Yeah, let's move forward. So I do see a topic in here that you might really like, which is tantrics. Yeah. I... <laughs> Everything I do is tantric, man. Okay. The comedy. Or we could go to funeral pyre. I said let's go to tantric. I mean, All right, we're going let's... to tantric. Oh, that took us to tantra, a little curveball. And let's get moving here, man. Uh, Let's find some interesting topics. Tantra denotes the esoteric traditions of Hinduism and Buddhism that developed in India from the middle of the first millennia CE onwards. The term Tantra in the Indian traditions also means any systematic, broadly applicable, quote-unquote, text, theory, system, method, instrument, technique, or practice. A key feature of these traditions is the use of mantras. Oh. I've always wanted to, like, get into a mantra. So have I. Yeah. You know, you want to know my mantra? Yes. What's what's your mantra? Is uh, straighten up. I just look at myself in the face and say, hey, straighten up, Jason. Straighten up. Really? Yeah. That's your mantra? Three times in the mirror. Three times? Then I say it a fourth time, you know, for good measure. (laughs) Straighten up and fly right? Do you throw in a fly right? Can't fly right. I got to go straight. Can my mantra be fly right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I just got a mantra. Fly right. Fly right. Fly right. Fly right. Fly right. Fly right. What's fly right? Well, it goes with straighten up. I feel like that's what disciplinarians always say. Straighten up and fly right. Yeah, I'm just I'm um being very disciplined with myself. Mm. Just, How often are you saying this to yourself? Like once every six months? Once every every day, I wake up, and that's the first thing I say to myself. Straighten up. Straighten up. That's a good time to say it. Yeah, straighten up, Jason. Stop. Get your, get those thoughts away from your head and straighten up. Okay, this is a long ass article. Oh, let's go down to this sub section called yoga mantra and meditation because i have been dabbling in yoga for a number of months now yeah how do you like it i feel stretched yeah 
I mean, I could have done that for you. I know, I know. Oh, man. Jason always is offering to stretch me out. Yeah, six months of yoga or one night with me. <laughs> Jason's like, I'll stretch you out and make your butt whistle. Hey, your butt whistles by itself before I got here. <laughs> I know. But with you around, it's like a trumpet. Okay, yoga, mantra, meditation. Tantric yoga. Wait, real quick, though. You're, you're yoga-ing. Yeah. How do you like it so far? No, I really like it. Okay. The reason I did it is because my back is in pain all the time. Oh, that's not good. But it's good that you're doing yoga. That's Dude, I've, I've been doing yoga since like April, almost daily. And now, this last month, I've really fell off. But before that, I was doing it almost every day. And I felt so much better. I've been like, my body feels uh, stretched out and loose. Yeah, it does. I, I got to get back into it because I felt the same way when I started doing it. It's like... Uh, Yoga is like a, what's it called? Like face, like a face mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've been wearing, you know, face mask for majority of the time now for what year and a half, and I haven't gotten sick once. You know what I mean? So like your yeah. body feels good. Okay. And you do okay. yoga, and I don't know why I compared it. To <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure mask. this is the best comparison. But you do yoga, back pain, non-existent. I think it's just all in the downward dog. Doing some downward dog. Yes. You get all the way from your Achilles up to your butt mm, and your it's back. Full, it's full body. It's full That's body. the beauty of it. Anyway, we're on yoga, mantra, meditation. Tantric yoga. Whoa. Straighten up, Jason. This sounds like levels of yoga I didn't know exist. You can't get this on an app. Tantric yoga is first and foremost an embodied practice, which is seen as having a divine esoteric structure. Tantric yoga makes use of a mystic physiology, which includes various psychosomatic elements, sometimes called the subtle body. This imaginary inner structure includes chakras, nadis, and energies. The tantric body is also held to be a microcosmic reflection of the universe and is thus seen as containing gods and goddesses. According to Padau, Padau, how do you think that's pronounced? Padukes. Paduke? Padukes. Padukes. Hey, yo, Padukes. Yo, <laughs> that sounds like, like he's always walking into a bar. Padukes. Padukes. Hey, Padukes is here. <laughs> Finally, the party can start. Um, according to Padukes, the quote-unquote internalized image of the yogic body is a fundamental element for nearly all meditative and tantric ritual practices. The use of mantras is one of the most common and widespread elements of tantric practice. They are used in rituals as well as during various meditative and yogic practices. Mantra recitation is often practiced along with nyasa. Mud, mud, nyasa to you too. <laughs> thank you. Mudras and complex visualizations involving divine s symbols, mandalas, and deities. Jeez, I'm not sure I've been doing yoga right. I've been... Nah, there's a lot more like thinking involved with yoga. And that's what kind of put no, me off. I bet they would say there's not thinking involved. But it takes a lot of thought to not think. Oh, my God. You know God, what I mean? Like so brain much. power yeah. to not think, to get the to thoughts release. out of your head. To that's... release. Well, it doesn't take much for me to release, but... <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. But I'm just saying, like, I think, yes, I think that's kind of what put me off. Like, the meditation part of I'm yoga so bored with the meditation put me off part. at yeah. first. But then once I start, hey, I almost did a shh. But when I, when I actually started doing it, I did, oh, uh, is it Ashtanga, right? Or Astanga. Astanga, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Astanga? Astango, I think. It's, it takes, I have It asked. takes two to Astango. <laughs> and I like that a lot more because I believe it's a more of a, of a physical. But, you know, when you when I first heard of yoga, it was more of a, that meditation, the re repeating things, mantras, mm. humming, mm -hmm. just like that. Mm. Mantra, 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 mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I just say mantra straight, as my mantra. Straight note. All right, so do you want to cruise on somewhere else? I see. What are we on here? Tantra? Yeah, we're just going to skip over sex and uh, and what's it called? What does it say? Sex right and eroticism. Oh, yeah. I think Sting is known for getting into 
tantric yoga or tantric sex. Yeah, he's he's into it. Yeah. Do you want to just go to the article for tantric sex? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Tantric sex, different from tantra. Oh man, you don't want to show up at the wrong meeting. At you want to make party. sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure you get your chosen place. All right. Uh, tantric sex or sexual yoga refers to a wide range of practices carried on in Hindu and Buddhist tantra to exercise sexuality in a ritualized, ritualized or yogic context, often associated with antinomian or impure elements like consumption of alcohol and offerings of impure substances like meat to fierce deities. Whoa, how do you feel about that, Jason? You just need to give away your meat to the fierce deities? Yeah, you can take... <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll keep... Uh, I'm going to keep it coming, if you know what I mean. Wait, so is, take as much meat as you fierce, want. Does, are they calling vaginas fierce deities here? I mean, I would. That's why Sacrifice I your meat to the fierce deities? Yeah. Okay, in particular, sexual fluids have been viewed as quote-unquote power substances. Who's... who's the, being quoted here that's that what was I my quote <laughs> you wrote <laughs> power substance yeah, it's, yeah i'm i'm packing a gatorade in particular sexual fluids have been viewed as power substances and used ritualistically either externally or internally the actual terms used in the classical text to refer to this practice include karma mudra uh in buddhist trans uh, you get it anyway in hindu tantra Matuna is the most important of the five makara, which are the five tantric substances. Whoa, do you want to go to the five makara? Or should we? Ooh, the five tantric substances. Uh, tequila. I'm curious. Tequila, vodka. Uh, let's see, what else? Rum. You need a mixer in there. No. <laughs> Not when it's tantric, baby. Maybe uh, some ice, I guess. Uh, so I went to the five substances, and it took me to... Panchamakara, also known as the five M's, is the tantric term for the five transgressive substances. Oh, oh, oh. So that includes alcohol, meat, fish, gesture, and sexual intercourse. Well, I'm confused. How do you do tantric yoga? Are you supposed to avoid the five substances? I believe so, yeah. That's what makes it so tantric. So tantalizing. Huh. Taboo breaking elements are only practiced literally by quote unquote left hand path tantrics. God, these fucking left hand pan tantrics out here. Are you a so left handed or right handed tantric? Uh, I, mean, I usually swing right. Okay. Left hand path tantrics, whereas right hand path tantrics oppose these. In the introduction of his translation of the something tantra, Sir John Woodroof, under the pseudonym Arthur Avalon, described the Panjmakara as thus. There are, as already stated, three classes of men, Pashu, Vera, and Divya. The operation... Uh, we're not reading all this. I mean, this is outrageous. I can't read this. This is like reading a book on Wikipedia. We didn't sign up for that. No, I did not sign up for this class. We got to move on to something a little like... Yeah, something you, that you can pronounce. Some, thank you. Like sexual intercourse or... I mean, we could go to sexual intercourse, get to pornography, get to L.A. or at least the Valley... And then get to either Inuit way stadium. Either way, I'm into it. Into it stadium. Or oh man, everybody pays taxes. We could just get to taxes, into it, turbo tax, into it well, no, wait, into it. Everyone stadium. pays literally religion does not pay for taxes. All right. Taxes. Well, you know, generally speaking, most people pay for taxes. Pay taxes. Generally? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your nickname. Generally motors? Uh-huh. Or we could go to meat. I'm yes. Let's go to intercourse, like you mentioned earlier. You want or meat? You I'm, I'm hungry for both. So, all right, let's go to meat, since we already dabbled in the tantric. Meat. What is your favorite meat? Honestly, Ernest. Or Honestly, I, I or, wouldn't lie to you, Jason. Or I guess let's just your cut. What is your favorite cut of meat? No, I can't pick a cut, but it might be. You mentioned it already. Uh, dark chicken meat. Dark chicken meat. Like the thighs. That's your favorite meat. 
Yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah, chicken's up there, but like, if, uh, I gotta go with um, a ribeye steak. Yeah, I mean, I could go for a steak, but nah. Honestly, deep down, at my core, yeah. I like chicken better. I like chicken. I like the way I like the, the mouthfeel of it. It's succulent. It's juicy. Whereas sometimes steak, it's like. The out when they cook it, the outside is harder than the inside. Of course, not harder, but you well, know. No, no, I'm s- well. See, I come from like I want to make it like that's, and I guess that's why I'm not picking chicken because I don't make that much chicken. And yes, chicken, mm. chicken I can have every day. I love it. Yeah, but steak, I, you know, I can't have every day. No, who could? I, well, he never shit again. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> and I've tried. <laughs> that's why you stopped eating steak. That's every why I stopped eating steak. All right, we're on meat. Meat is animal flesh that is eaten as food. Humans have hunted and killed animals for meat since prehistoric times. All right, let's find something in here interesting. We know what meat is. Like, when did they first When did they fir- domesticate? Really? I was going to say, when did they meat. first start eating meat? I don't know, like Neanderthal times? Maybe. I don't know, Jason. I mean, uh, you Cavemen know. were eating meat. <laughs> I think... I bet I think we eating s- meat was invented a while back. We probably started with veggies, though, right? At least fi- at least five thousand years ago. Let's find out. Paleontology paleontological evidence suggests that meat constituted a substantial portion of the diet of the earliest humans. Early hunter gatherers depended on the organized hunting of large animals such as bison and deer. The domestication of animals of which we have evidence dating back to the end of the last glacial period, 10,000 BCE, Woo! allowed the systematic production of meat and the breeding of animals with a view of improving meat production. Animals are now principal sources of meat, were domesticated in conjunction with the development of early civilizations. I wonder which animals they tried to domesticate and, like, Cave people were dying left and right, like a bear. Probably, I was going to guess something like a zebra. Oh, I'm sure a zebra. Because was I believe intense. they're ferocious, like, right? I, I think they bite. I think they're known well, for their I, teeth. Well, I bite too. So yeah, no one tried to domesticate you. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> no one at all. Um, Just the Spaniards. Let's see. I would love to get into. Um, oh, have you had a uh, deer? Uh, that says hunted. Have you had bison? Yeah, I've had bison. It's okay. It's it, I like bison. A I'd lot. rather have a like if I had to have a bison burger versus a hamburger. Give me a hamburger. Also, why are hamburgers beef, not pork? Modern agriculture employs a number of techniques such as progeny testing to speed artificial selection by breeding animals to rapidly acquire the qualities desired. By meat producers. Kind of like those freak chickens you hear about. What's progeny uh, testing? Let's go to it. It is used in the breeding of both plants and animals, but is most commercially important in animal breeding to determine the true breeding value of an animal, especially males, which are used extensively for propagation of best germplasm. The extensive use of artificial insemination in domestic animals. Oh, this is like how we've gotten all these different types of uh, dog uh, breeds, right? Exactly. I mean, you hear about like chickens now compared to 50 years ago, right? And they breed chickens with these giant chicken breasts. Oh, yeah. Keep talking. Okay, so. You got me. They breed these chickens right and the chickens are real sexy yeah and they've got what are the what, what are the chickens wearing the chickens they're not wearing anything oh, jason fuck, dude. yeah shit keep going yeah <laughs> their feathers have been plucked Ooh, are there any left for me can their I bodies you? are mostly thighs and breasts that's about all i need i know anyway they breed them for these giant breasts and I think like 50 years ago, chickens were a lot smaller, like yeah, domesticated chickens, chickens. Chickens were like the size of eggs. They didn't come any bigger than that. <laughs> but now you see them and they're all plump. They're all like ooh, like a 35 inch TV. But I've heard the taste has gone down, too, for whatever reason. Now, I don't know. I'd be curious if that has something to do with what they're feeding them, too, right. because, you know, you can feed chickens like chicken. 
Well, you can feed chickens like hot peppers and their eggs will turn red, reddish. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think maybe we've talked about that before. My brother uh, used to feed his uh, daughter's birds chicken. <laughs> his daughter's bird chicken. What? That... His daughter's birds. She, chicken. she had, she had oh, birds. Okay. And yeah. He used to cook chicken and just feed it to the birds. And I was like, yo, that's insane. Those birds ended up killing each other, by the way. So I don't know if that oh, had to do anything. It probably with it. gave them <laughs> mental problems. <laughs> and that's Mad chicken disease. And chicken disease. Yeah. Which makes me think about that one time where we um talked about like how we I would I would taste human meat. Yeah. Yeah. If available. If I mean, yeah. If the opportunity arose. If it was the right and it cut. It wasn't gonna be shunned upon. If it was the right cut and like, you know, like I'll say under $20 a pound, I'll probably do it. Okay. All right. Well, there are a lot of humans, but most of them haven't been butchered, so I think it's going to be a little steeper than that. I mean, I have I have the the black we have the black market. Yay, <laughs> the black market. <laughs> so a progeny test is performed by mating the male with a number of females to produce many progenies. Ooh, where, do I, where do I sign up? In a different environment and over a long time period involving different seasons to nullify the impact of season, management, and environment in breeding value estimation. Anyway, to answer your original question, we got off track. I think they're looking for certain characteristics in these animals to continue on as like something that's beneficial for business, like large breasts. Right. <laughs> Large breasts are always beneficial for business. Exactly. Sex sells, baby. What can sex we do? Especially chicken We sex. can't do. Show me a nice chicken with some hangers. Ooh. Yeah, at the beginning, we did this mind meld, and yeah. I think one of our two words to connect was chicken hangers? and sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now it's and all then I thought about, back. yeah, like. Oh, didn't I say, yeah, something about jerking chicken? I don't know what you said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, in animals, the progeny testing could be conducted in a large herd or involving associated herds or in the field in farmer's place. The field-based progeny testing is highly required when the selected bulls are to be distributed in a large area to many farmers in different environments. Conducting a field-based progeny testing, especially in... Small holder production systems of Asia and Africa require huge resources, both financially and infrastructural, a large AI network, robust and dynamic data collection, and analysis systems. And usually the breeding companies conduct progeny testing of their bulls so that they can be commercially promoted. But when the breeding organizations are government-controlled, for example in India— the onus of conducting the testing also lies with them if required genetic improvement is to be achieved. Whew. This does make it sound like uh, this is a little gross. Yeah, I wonder who the chief uh, chicken jerker is. The chief chicken jerker? Yeah. You can't have that job, Jason. Oh, man. Fine, I'll be the corporal. We're out of article here, so we could go. T I mean, these are all breeding. Ooh, genotype. Ooh, I'm getting my 23 in me in a couple of days. You want to go to genotype? Yeah. What do you think you are? Gay? That's. Is that an island? Is there an island or something? An island? Yeah, I like know you're us? Peruvian, oh. <laughs> but like, uh, where's the gay part of you from? I think it's buried deep in. <laughs> The genotype of an organism is its complete set of genetic material. However, the term is often used to refer to a single gene or set of genes, such as the genotype for eye color. The genes partly determine the observable characteristics of an organism, such as hair color, uh, height, etc. An example of a characteristic determined by a genotype is the petal color in a pea plant. The collection of all genetic possibilities for a single trait are called alleles. Two alleles for petal color are purple and white. So we have under this article phenotype, Mendelian inheritance, non-Mendelian inheritance, sex-linked traits, traits involving multiple gene genes. Or multiple genes? Yeah. Do you want to go down to that? Like a pair? Like a pair of genes? 
<laughs> Certain phenotypes do not follow the same patterns as determined by Mendelian genetics. This is often due to the final phenotype being determined by multiple genes. The resulting phenotype of these related genes is broadly a combination of the individual genes creating an even greater variety. Being connected to multiple genes dramatically increases the number of possible genotypes for the trait. With the examples found in Mendelian genetics, each trait had one gene with two possible inherited alleles and three possible combinations of those alleles. If each gene still only has two alleles, the genotype for a trait involving two would now have nine possible genotypes. Yeah, basically trying to say, like, uh, just keep fucking until you get it right. Exactly. There's a lot of different ways to make it happen. I mean, look at this chart with all the combos. Yeah, that's a lot. I remember making that chart in school, though. Yeah, I kind of remember a chart like that. Maybe not quite that complex, but... All right, so... Oh, RNA? The RNA? Rifle, the rifle national... Oh, wait, uh, that's NRA. <laughs> RNA, let's find out. RNA is ribonucleic acid. RNA is a polymeric molecule essential in various biological roles in coding, decoding, regulation, and expression of genes. RNA and DNA are nucleic acids. Along with lipids, proteins, and carbohydrates, nucleic acids constitute one of the four major macromolecules essential for all known forms of life. Should we go to life? (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's a great article. That's such a broad article. Hey, everything pays taxes, Jason. Including life. life. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Life is a characteristic that distinguishes physical entities that have biological processes such as signaling and self-sustaining processes from those that do not, either because such functions have ceased, they have died, or because they never had such functions and are classified as inanimate. Various forms of life exist, such as plants, animals, fungi. Wow, this is a long article, man. But we should start getting over towards Intuit Stadium. Inuit Stadium. Yeah. I wonder if we can get to Life Magazine or something. Oh, go to plants, and then we can um, search for succulents. Those are my favorite... uh, plants that they grow out here there's a lot of them that they well i think they're all over the world though sure but at least we're um heading a little bit heading outside of science can we make a big jump though we always can every day just don't look viruses life number nine a song written by is a song written by costas and tony perez and recorded by American country music artist Martina McBride. It was released in January. Should we go to life number nine? Wait, can you play McBride considered the song not the kind of song melody attitude of whatever that I was really comfortable singing. What? That's oh, not that's her style. Yeah, okay. she's like, this that's isn't really my song. And producer Paul Worley thought it was not one of his favorites due to it sounding like a disco. Ooh, so disco! No one I liked love disco. <laughs> no one liked this song, but they still put it out. We got the chart performance. It got up to number eight on the, or number six on the U.S. Hot Country Songs. We could go to Billboard. I bet they're located in L.A. I think so. All right. We're on Billboard. Billboard is an American music and entertainment magazine published weekly by the Billboard Hollywood Reporter Media Group, a division of MRC Media and Info. The magazine provides music charts, news video, opinion reviews, events, and style related to the music industry. Its music charts include the Hot 100, Billboard 200, 200, whoa, sorry. Scared me. 200 songs? I mean. Yeah, what's the point? Hey, you're really it's scraping the... or nothing. Yeah, yeah. get out of here. Casey Kasem would be rolling over in his grave. Is he dead? 
Yes, definitely. Definitely dead? Okay. I have his blood in my hands. Wow. I was at his... Um, <laughs> yeah, he went out in the traditional way, <laughs> lit on fire by his chief mourner. I'm Casey Kasem, and this is my chief mourner. He's going to light me on fire. Wait, he's alive? He was alive? Yeah, he, he, he pre-recorded. His, oh, he, per- he performed at his own? Oh, that's classic yeah. Casey. He did a countdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I ever heard or saw or heard of Casey Kasem <laughs> or heard. was uh, from uh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, interesting. I went through a phase where I used to listen to his top 40 countdown from like 1989 to 1993 or something. Nice, nice. I used to look at the billboard to try try to grab like when i was younger to try to like yeah see what's out there but i then think it, it is important actually I, to pay attention to what's going on true but then like i you was trying to, like it. to find new music but then at the same time i realized oh but this is not new music this is like the very popular of popular music. christine put on or white bones put on spotify's top 50 or something recently when we were driving i was like there was no way I was going to like this. We're, we got to do a new playlist. This is for like 14-year-olds. Yeah, the top. I'm the, not a 14-year-old. Whenever it's like the top this playlist, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I know I'm not going to like it. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. I believe it Look is in this, Hollywood, though. like you said. Billboard was founded in 1894 by William Donaldson and James Hennigan as a trade publication for bill posters. Donaldson later acquired Hennigan's interest in 1900 for $500. In the early years of the 20th century, it covered the entertainment industry, such as circuses, fairs, and burlesque shows, and also created a mail service for traveling entertainers. Hey, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that it started out like top top 10 burlesque shows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they're breaking down, like, how they spin the tassels. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I went down to 1990s to present, figuring we could get to L.A. pretty quickly here. I'm sure we can, though, right? Wait, there is no um, headquarters for a billboard? Oh, good question. Let's see. The Hollywood Reporter has to be in Hollywood, right? There's a Hollywood, Florida. No. All right. So I went to MRC Company, Media Rights Capital, hmm. is an American media company owned by Elridge Industries. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The company's division includes something, something, Dick Clark Productions. I feel like Dick Clark and uh, Casey, Casey Kasem. Kasem were right in the same cl- they're, they're the, from the same cloth yeah they're they cut it. from the same cloth they're cucks from the same cloth cucks from the same clock the company's most notable productions have included the netflix series house of cards and ozark and the films baby driver knives out and ted so we could get to la pretty easily i think from either netflix hollywood reporter what are you more interested in here jason uh, where it says Beverly Hills, California. I know. I saw that, too. We could just go to Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills is a city in Los Angeles County, California. You know Beverly Hills is its own thing, though. It's its own thing. Own Separate but equal. Thing. That's what I it, heard. Not equal. Not equal at I all. I mean, that's what they say. Uh, it's a city in Los Angeles County, California, located within 5.71 square miles and surrounded by the cities of Los Angeles and West Hollywood. It has a population of 34,109 at the 2010 census. This needs to be updated. Uh, the city is home to many celebrities, luxury hotels, and the Rodeo Drive shopping district, which, in my opinion, a little bit tacky. Originally, a Mexican ranch where lima beans were grown... Hey, I'm a little lima bean. I'm a you lima bean. are. You're a lima bean. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I find lima beans, unfortunately, very gross, but uh, I'll make an exception for you. Thanks, man. I love when you eat me. Mm. <laughs> Wait, was that your butthole? That was my butthole, <laughs> yeah. That's why it was so full of life. Uh, Beverly Hills was incorporated in 1914 by a group of investors who had failed to find oil but found water instead and eventually decided to develop it into a town. Huh. Early history. The area was settled by Maria Rita. How do you pronounce this? Let's go to our Spanish correspondent. It's pronounced Margarita Quinceanera. 
<laughs> Dave Valdez. You yeah. forgot the Dave Valdez. Dave Valdez. In her and her husband in 1828, they called their 4,500 acres on property the Rancho Rodeo de la Aguas. In 1854, she sold the ranch to Ben Davis, Wilson, and Henry Hancock. By the 1880s, the ranch had been subdivided into parcels of 75 acres and was being rapidly bought, bought up by Angelos from Los Angeles. Anglos. Anglos. Oh, the whites. And the East Coast. Thank you, Jason. That's where that's where the name Los Angeles comes from. Like the whites. Like the, the whites, whites are here. The whites are coming. <laughs> that's what you guys claimed it. And it's like, oh, this Paul group. Revere rode through Los Angeles and yelled, "The whites are coming." Is yeah, that? Yeah, it took him a while. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, had to come all the way from Massachusetts. Paul Riviera. All right, I'm going to Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles County. Well, let's find out about Los Angeles County. Let's do it. Officially, the County of Los Angeles, and sometimes abbreviated, actually, I believe, Intuit, Inuit Stadium is in Inglewood, which is also its own city. It's not part of the city of Los Angeles. Okay. Well, So we're in we the can, right spot We here. can go to Los Angeles, like the city. Whoa, wait a minute here. Oh, this covers it? Ah. I like to see Delaware facts at 4,083 square miles and with 88 incorporated cities and many unincorporated areas, it is larger than the combined areas of Delaware and Rhode Island. All right, I'm wow. going to go to... What, there's some unincorporated areas? Let's I incorporate think Inglewood could be an unincorporated area, but maybe it's incorporated. Oh. Can you go down? Or we could just go down to sports probably. Crime, economy, education, music venues, entertainment, California pizza. The uh, forum. Hey, I was at the forum. Oh, the forum. That that's owned by the same group, I think. All right, I went to the forum. At least I see Inglewood here, anyway. Uh, the forum is a. How'd you like the forum? It was it was fine. A little pricey on the uh, parking. We, uh, since it was so last minute, we yeah. decided to just not because or else. I would have just taken my time and find parking. Right. But yeah, they really they really fuck you in the ass with forty five dollars. Whoa, you're making me hungry. Forty five dollars for fucking you in the ass. Yeah. Whoo wee. That is steep. Cause you're getting fucked. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh-huh. The forum I, I parked twice. Is a multi purpose one for you, one for lizard. Of course. It's a multi-purpose indoor arena in Inglewood, California, United States, adjacent to Los Angeles, located between West Manchester Boulevard, blah, blah, blah. You can Google it if you want the location. The forum achieved its greatest fame as the home to the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA and the Los Angeles Kings of the NHL from 1967 to 1999. That was the Showtime Lakers. When both teams joined the NBA's Los Angeles Clippers, who had played at the L.A. Memorial Sports Arena. All right, I'm going to the Clippers. Beautiful. The Los Angeles Clippers are an American professional basketball team based in L.A., yada, yada, yada. The franchise was founded as the Buffalo Braves in 1970 as an expansion team led by Hall of Famer Bob McAdoo. The Braves reached the NBA playoffs three times during their eight seasons in Buffalo. How was Buffalo getting all these teams back in the day? They really let things slip because they lost a lot of teams, I feel like. Buffalo? Oh, because Buffalo now. I feel like they had the Buffalo Braves at one point, like a baseball team. They had a basketball team. Now they have hockey and football. That's all they got? As far as I know. Someone write in if they got something else. Let's see. Conflicts with the Canisius Golden Griffins over the Buffalo Memorial Auditorium and the sale of the franchise led to their relocation from Buffalo to San Diego, California in 1978 and subsequent rebranding of the San Diego Clippers. And I think that's how they got their sailing name in reference to the sailing ships seen in San Diego Bay. Look, it says in 1984, owner Donald Sterling controversially relocated the franchise to Los Angeles without NBA approval. And you know what? That is the most controversial thing about Donald Sterling. Like exactly. Yeah. Such why a did he? Why did he do controversial that? Controversial without thing. letting the higher ups know. 
this guy fucking nuts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is the biggest controversy about him. Well, we did it. We didn't we didn't get to it. Where is it? You see it? Ah, oh, the Inuit Dome. The Clippers plan to move into their own arena, the Intuit Dome, in nearby Inglewood by 2024. All right. Oh, 2024. I still got time then. Time for what? Yeah, to get in there. <laughs> oh, okay. And just poke around. Yeah. Bring your screwdriver and a wrench. Yeah. And a hammer. Bring Inuit hammer Dome. Too. The Inuit Dome is an under construction 18,000 seat arena. I don't like having this screen here where you just take over the reading all of a sudden. Well, time is is of the essence. All right. The in the Inuit Dome is under is an under construction 1800 seat arena to be 18, located 18,000 million seat arena. <laughs> What did I say? 1,800? 1,800. That's a tiny basketball stadium. That's what I was going to say. Why is it taking so long? Why 2024? Uh, and it's located in Englewood, California for the Los Angeles Clippers of the NBA. The arena will be located just south of the SoFi Stadium, the home of the NFL's Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers and the Hollywood Park development. What's the Hollywood Park development? I assume it's like a horse racing or casino thing. Oh, that's SoFi Stadium. So that's oh, and there's it's inside a of it? oh, there's and a there's a racetrack. No, nice. not in the stadium. I think next door. You know, it's like a whole sports complex. They should have. So. You know where they should have done the um track. You should on the roof. Oh, you should write a letter. Yeah, screw the solar. Let's put a horse track <laughs> on the roof. But sun, keep the sun, shape. Keep that dome shape. Sun, you know, sun dried horses. It's fun to mm, see the, the meats. <laughs> I haven't tried. <laughs> I really haven't tried horse. I'm all about it. Do you want to try horse? Yeah, I mean, I've ate glue before, but uh, that's, I want that's the real pretty thing. Far away. Yeah. I want the real thing. Are you going to continue reading here, Jason? Nah, I, think you want me? I think we're good. It's a, it's a new stadium. How much more information could you have? Well, I would like to know about the design, maybe like the architecture here. They're still building it. Like they don't even know. They have they... plans. They're not just winging it. They're well, like, uh, let's start with a hole. I've no, seen no, I... people <laughs> dig holes and then they start making buildings. Of course, they're gonna. Uh, they have a plan. They're not gonna let the public know right now. Look, here's a it rendering lo- of it. It looks like a football, oddly enough. Yeah, I did see a couple pictures of like oh. of what it will be. Oh, we came just in time. Oh yeah, I'm always coming just in time. Oh, I just don't need to be so crude. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here, Jason. That's the Intuit Dome. The Intuit Dome. Intuit apparently is a insurance company or some of something of the sorts. No, it's they own TurboTax and something else. And it's it's actually a company run by Inuits. Hey, would you look at that? Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's here in the Southwest. They deserve it. It's their their property. All right, so we did it. We went from Shmashan to the Inuit Dome. You're very you're very good at that. Shmashan. 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 Inuit Dome. Shmashan. We did it, folks. Once again, you. I know, goddamn well, you thought we couldn't do it. I mean, yeah, that sure people have me. been doubting us but big time. Like every episode, we we do it. We do it to it. We get it done. I'm into it. This has been another episode of Wiki U. Please follow, review, uh, five star us, and uh, you know that's, that's the way to show some love. Aside from listening, exactly. Tell a friend. And tell that's a friend. It. Tell a lover too. Oh, if wow. you have multiple lovers, tell them, but don't tell them about each other. Unless they're both there. Unless you guys are just having yeah. Like if you're having sex. Uh, please turn on our podcast. <laughs> In fact, anybody who records himself listening to our podcast while having sex, well, just DM it to me. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Let's do it. You want to do a mind melt real quick? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Peak. Sun. Peak Ooh, sun and, and peak. sun. Three, two, two one. Mountain. Slit. Ooh, oh. Mountain slit. Ooh. Mountain and slit. Why am I, why am okay. I slobbering? Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Titties. Ice luge. Titties and ice, ice luge. luge. Titties and ice luge. Three, Three two, two, one. Nipples. Body shot. 
Oh. <laughs> because, you know, nipples get hard oh, from ice. With ice, yeah. Well, yeah. also people take shots off of ice luges. Yeah. I get hard with or without ice. Okay, so nipple and, and the body shot. Body shot. Nipple. Okay. And body nipple shot. and body shot. Yeah. Nipple and <laughs> nipple body and shot. Body shot. Three, Three, two, two one. Breast. Ooh. What did you say? Lick and breast. And breast. Lick and lick and, and breast. breast. Three, Three, two, two one. Chicken. Chick. Chicken and sex. Breast and lick. Finger licking good. Come oh, on, but Jason, I don't, I don't go eat, with me. I don't eat breasts. You I just love lick chicken. It. Yeah, the leg. Dark meat only. Oh, sorry. I'm a dark meat only boy. <laughs> oh, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> now this uh, thing is in my eyes. Um, okay, so what were the I two things? I said chicken and you said sex. Sex. Jeez. Uh, chicken oh, and sex. Oh, chicken and sex. sex. Three, Three, two, two one. Breed. Jacking off. Breed and You know, like jerking your chicken. Off. Oh, I was thinking and it's like people sex with yourself. breed chickens. Oh, uh, okay. So breed and breed and jacking <laughs> off. Okay. All right. What's breed the con- it, yeah. Breeding, jacking off. Three, Three two, two, one. Flashlight. Oh, oh flashlight. so close. Breed so and close. jacking off. And so flashlight and sperm. Flashlight and sperm. Okay. Flashlight and sperm. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Shame. Oh, <laughs> we're close. Okay, clean, clean and, and shame. shame. Clean and shame. Three, two, one. Shower. Oh, oh, come on, dude. Come on. Church and shower. Church and, Church shower. and shower. Church and shower. Three, Three two, two, one. Baptize. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs>